Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Senior Pastor Reverend Dale Cohen. As I said, today is World Communion Sunday. Throughout the day in each of the 24 time zones, Christians will gather around a table much like this to celebrate the Sacrament of Holy Communion. We are united through this table. Although thousands of differences separate us from language and ethnicity to doctrine and polity, our belief in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ unites us as one body in Jesus Christ. In today's gospel, Jesus prays for the unity of his followers as he says this to his Father, I ask not only on behalf of these, my disciples, but also on behalf of those who believe in me through the disciples' words, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, the unity of God Father and God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, May they also be in us, that the invitation is for us to join the communion of the Trinity so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus is praying for the unity of the church, for it is through our unity that the world will come to believe in Jesus Christ. The world needs to see God's church united as a single witness. Does unity require that we agree on everything? Absolutely not. We're all different, and that's part of what makes us great. We can think and believe differently and still unify under the non-negotiables of the historic Christian creeds of the Christian faith. Although we often attribute this quote to John Wesley, he was actually quoting St. Augustine who said, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, love. Unity in the church is about coming together for something bigger than ourselves. It recognizes that we're stronger together than when we're divided. Unity is remaining in fellowship with one another despite our differences not ignoring what separates us, but prioritizing what matters most. Unity doesn't happen easily. As with any relationship, unity takes work and effort. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he said, I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, worthy of the name of Christ, to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Paul says that unity requires humility, gentleness, patience, loving one another, and effort. Let's face it, division is easy, unity 
is hard. Until we're willing to put in the work, we'll never be the unified witness that we're called to be to a world that desperately needs to know of the love of God through Jesus Christ. Late in the fourth century, Augustine became bishop in North Africa, inheriting a divided church. Some Christians, angry over the presence of pagan religions in their community, vandalized the pagan shrines. They justified their actions by claiming that the shrines were an offense to God and they were acting on God's behalf in desecrating those shrines. Other Christians in North Africa criticized their actions because it generated hatred toward the Christians. And they said that that hatred would not allow the pagans to ever be open to the possibility of responding and converting to Christianity. Augustine wanted to bridge the gap between these two groups living in a state of mutual hostility and distrust. So, in 397 AD, Augustine offered a rule known as a rule of common life designed to unify Christians in his church community. Augustine's instructions, known simply as the rule of Augustine, spread across North Africa and even quickly into Europe and all of Christendom. It served as a guide for Christians who wanted to support one another in living out the gospel. Augustine envisioned unity first by a shared identity through our common journey to Christ. He said, though we bring different gifts and life circumstances, we all search for God together. Augustine saw all of us as seekers. And when we see each other as fellow seekers from whom we can learn on the journey, we see the world through each other's eyes, and not only do we learn from them, but they learn from our life and our experiences as well. In John 17, Jesus prayed to the Father, The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that we may be one as we, as the Father and the Son, are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What Jesus is saying in this prayer is that even though we may think it's just you and me on this journey, that he is with us, that it's not just you and me, but it's all three of us. And it's through that, that unity that we get the guidance from the Holy Spirit along the way. But no one person has full knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And so together in community, we discern God's leading and we find our way, the way that Christ would have us to go. Only then will we fully reflect the glory 
that God, that Jesus has given us, that was given to him by God. Secondly, Augustine adds the importance of prioritizing prayer and worship as our source of unity with each other in God. There can be no unity apart from us worshiping and praying together. We're having to learn new ways of connecting with our fellow worshipers who join us online each week because it's hard to relate when we're not together in the same space, sharing the same experiences. Often people will watch at another time, so it's not even during the same time. And having the opportunity to greet one another in person. We form and nurture relationships when we worship and pray together. Worship is both vertical, in which we work on our relationship with God, but it's also horizontal in that we work on our relationships with one another. That's why in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus said, So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Richard Faircloth tells a story about a small country church that had a wood stove in the very center of the sanctuary to heat during the winter months. Well, there were two families in the church who were at odds with each other but it just so happened that they each took turns every other week stoking the fire in the sanctuary. Well, one Sunday, one of the families complained that the other family wasn't bringing as much firewood for the fire. And so from that point on, each family brought their own wood to stoke the fire, and there were two piles of wood, one for one family and one for the other. Well. One Sunday, a young man was reading a text from Ephesians that says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And then he added, but two wood piles. <laughs> Worship had become about those two families. And God got lost amid that competition. Jesus prays, Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory. What he's saying is, I want these people to get closer to me, closer to my glory. These people which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. When we gather here in worship, we're not here to bring glory to ourselves. We're here to ascribe worth to our God. That's why it's worship, worship. We ascribe glory to God. When we neglect to worship as the body of Christ, we diminish the body of Christ, not only in ourselves, but we diminish the body of Christ in each other and thereby deny a witness to the world of the glory 
of Christ. The third part of Augustine's rule says that we must have an eagerness to serve the common good rather than just our own. Disunity in the church results from an infection of worldly values that promotes selfishness and self-righteousness. Rather than drawing a wider circle to draw more people in, in the church we're more likely to shrink the circle and isolate ourselves. Michael Fitzpatrick, in Journey with Jesus, notes this. He says, Jesus gave his life for us as an act of love. If this is how Christians understand love, then for us it becomes far more important to will the good of another, even at a cost to ourselves, than to will the good of ourselves at the cost of another. Christian faith offers a framework of love that orients us toward the common good, in part because we see God as the ground and the source of our being rather than our own acts of self-creation. What he's saying here is there is no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. God created us. God gave us the abilities that we have. God gave us who we are. That is a gift from God. The faithful life is one of living out God's love for others. Jesus died because he opposed the values of this world that promote serving oneself over others. And that's why the church has to reject self-serving divisions. Jesus prayed this in verse 25. Righteous Father, the world does not know you. What he's saying here is that if we live by the values of the world, we live in a, in a world that is alien to God. The world does not know you. Jesus said, but I know you. And so he's saying, follow my way, not the ways of the world. And these know that you have sent me. Jesus points us to God and calls us to follow him as the good shepherd. The one who gave his life for his sheep. And likewise, if we're going to follow Jesus then we too must give our lives for one another. Again, the faithful life is one of living out God's love for others. Therefore, we must serve one another instead of working merely for our own good. Finally, Augustine's rule says that we must have respect for one another as being made in the image and likeness of God and respect for the unique gifts that each person brings to the community, despite our differences. When I see you, I see Jesus. And hopefully when you see me, you see Jesus. If we see anything else, then we diminish the image of God in which each and every one of us is created. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created humans in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The scripture says that we're God's masterpieces. Not only must we see the image of God in each other, but we must also see each other as a gift 
that God has given us. Yes, we are gifts for one another. Now, we don't always appreciate those gifts because those gifts are in our lives to help us to grow. And we don't always want to grow the way that others require us to grow. But nonetheless, if we fight that, we're fighting God's way and God's will. Jesus prayed, I made your name known to them. He's saying, I revealed you to the world. And I will make it known. I will continue to make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. The world knew the love of God first through Jesus Christ. But now the world is counting on us to demonstrate the love of God to them. We're part of God's expression of love for each other. When we love one another as God has loved us, then we don't have to worry about unity because unity will happen when we love one another. I pray that God will make us one in Jesus Christ through that love that we share. I stand with Paul who in Colossians said this, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, and he's talking about all of us here in this room and all who take the name of Christ, therefore as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, he adds this emphasis, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love unites us. Love pulls us together. Love is our witness the world. This is God's model for unity. And as we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion today, may this table unite us and all Christians everywhere so that the world may come to know the God that we love and serve. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to First Words. For more information about our services or how to get involved in our community, visit us at fumcflorence.org or facebook.com slash florencefumc.